0: faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today's Thursday, June 24th, 2021. Coming up on the podcast today, a tragic building collapse in a Miami suburb. Rescuers are battling the heat and digging for survivors now. Crazy, crazy story. Well, the details there. MailChimp has suspended the Babylon Bee's account over an alleged terms of service violation the army backs down after a chaplain expressed support for uh, trump's transgender ban and franklin graham praises megan mccain for warning biden's administration uh, on abortion and that it's doing grave spiritual harm so we'll have those stories and more with trey gons phillips from faithwire.com trey how's it going today
1: good it's a, a a nice thursday morning late yeah. morning here um so i this we have the story up on FaithWire and uh on cbn2 i would assume but i saw the the video of the that building collapsing oh, it's horrible. so like it's crazy it's it's like it looks like it's something out of a movie or you know something because it just like literally just folds yeah completely down it's just such a crazy tragic situation i can't i mean that's got to be terrifying for yeah. people who were who were you know nearby oh. and saw it and just you know uh yeah and awful. and the
0: fact that the time of day that it happened and it doesn't look like there's any warning you would think if a building you know you'd hope anyway if a building was about to have a problem that you hear some creaks or you yeah. know maybe one thing would fall off and they'd get people out of there but it was 1 30 in the morning so Man. Most people were probably there. Most people are probably either just late night watching TV or asleep. Um, so yeah, horrible, horrible situation. And um, um, obviously, our prayers go out there. And we're gonna we're gonna For dive sure. right in uh, to that. Uh, that's our because that is our first story today. And it was a wing of a twelve story beachfront apartment building, and it completely collapsed uh, in a suburb outside of Miami uh, early this morning. There is one confirmed dead at the time of this taping here and at least uh, one 10 year old was rescued in the rubble and many many more trapped beneath the debris uh, at least they're believed to be trapped beneath the debris as they search for it Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, thanked the rescue workers who were on the scenes uh, working uh, hard The firefighters and rescue workers from all over uh, kind of came in and, and are helping on the efforts because it is uh, a 12 story building and one whole section wow. of it fell down so it's you know it's a lot of rubble there it's it's um you know a lot of work to be done uh it's it's a town called surfside and surfside mayor charles burkett warned uh during the news conference that the um, building manager told him the tower was quite full and the death toll was likely to rise he said the building is literally pancaked that's heartbreaking because it doesn't mean to me that we're going to be as successful as we want it to be in finding people alive um, there's video online from uh, as you mentioned, Trey, the security cameras in a neighboring building. And man, it is shocking. Um, you know, as we said, especially when you consider that time of day around 1 30 in the morning, most of the people will be there and sleeping. Um, and there's there's one image in the aftermath there that you can see, Trey. I don't know if you saw this one, but um, because obviously the part of the building is sort of just the whole building didn't collapse in some spots, but there's right. you know, it's connected, there's still part of it standing and you can see a bunk bed just at the edge um it's like on one of the higher floors where where the building just sort of came off and there's a bunk bed there so it just kind of gives you that mental image of man i mean hopefully whoever was in that bed hopefully they survived it and didn't fall out or whatever the case may be but you know you just think man these people are just sleeping and just all of a sudden out of nowhere there it goes um The aerial views of the devastation are just, I mean, they're just tragic. I mean, you can see the layers, as the mayor mentioned, the layers of the building, 12 stories just stacked on top of each other pretty much. Uh, There were 55 apartment units destroyed in the collapse. Uh, The building is 40 years old and has 136 units total. It's a beachfront property. Uh, There were at least 35 people trapped uh, in the building, you know, not in the part that collapsed, but in, in other parts of it, and they were trapped and they had to be, evacuated, and um, at least so far, two people have been saved from the rubble, uh, which is a miracle if you see the video and you see um, the aftermath of it. To have anyone survive, that is is quite honestly a miracle. And um, uh, authorities have not yet determined a a cause of the collapse, um, and rescue workers are unsure of how many uh, are missing. They don't have a number on that yet. So obviously not a left-right issue here, Trey. Um, The Jerusalem Post did report that this is a heavily jewish area of town but i mean but obviously this is tragic no matter no matter who's in the in that uh, apartment right. building no matter what descent they are or what uh you know race religion creed anything doesn't uh necessarily really matter it's just uh obviously a human tragedy first and foremost and uh you know our prayers are certainly going uh you know with everybody impacted by this one
1: yeah so i i obviously don't know like the 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 architecture issues and and stuff here. But it's crazy to me that the building was only 40 years old. Yeah. Like it, that, it's not that old. No. Uh, and to collapse like that is, it's just scary because it makes you think like what, if you're on vacation or whatever and you're in a high yeah. rise or if you live in a high rise apartment building, you just think, you know, okay, what could be. What could be an issue here that could lead to something like that happening? I mean, that's just gotta be terrifying for the people who are living in the the neighboring parts oh. of the building that didn't collapse. Yeah. You just kind of are thinking like, Okay, I mean I'm sure I'm certain the people who are nearby in the building have all been evacuated. But your thought is just like when we get back in. Or like, or do you, you go know, back
0: in? I mean, how do you, oh, right, do how you could go back you in possibly? at all? Like you know, if part of the building collapsed, I mean, what do you? I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have to condemn the whole building. I, I can't imagine right. they're going yeah. to, you know, that. That I mean, I don't know how these things work. I mean, um, you know, collapse building collapses are something you'd see in some third world country, usually not not here. Um, yeah. And it makes you wonder. I, I don't know. what I mean, I know there's of course always going to be the conspiracy theorists saying that it was bomb and it was blown up. I mean, and who knows? I mean, maybe. I, I, I guess we'll find out. But um, but I, I don't know. Maybe sinkholes. I mean. We've seen things like that, maybe that destabilized the structure and it just, you know, kind of came crashing down. But again, they don't have the cause. But yeah, it's just terrifying. I mean, it's, you know, and again, no one knows. This is a reminder. I mean, when I see something like this, obviously as a Christian, I'm praying for the people involved. But I also think, you know, for those of us seeing something like that, you can get through the doldrums of life, just kind of day to day, getting through the things you normally do, getting through the schedule, doing your job getting up, you know, taking care of the family, whatever it is you do on a day-to-day basis. And you can kind of forget and lose that perspective on the value of life and that you don't know what day is your last day. You just don't know when you're going to meet your maker. And so to, to that warning, I guess, to get your soul prepared, right? Get your soul right because you don't know the hour. You don't know the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just, So sad. So sad, but definitely a a good reminder there. And also just to, like you said, Dan, just to keep praying for, uh, for the people who are, you know, potentially trapped under there, that they'll just be able to hold on long enough for first responders to be able to get to them. And, you know, obviously, we're incredibly grateful for our first responders and just want to be praying for them, because I know they're working tirelessly. And there's a great deal of stress involved with the medical people and the police and, you know, firefighters, all that. Uh, I I'm sure that's a really tough situation for them just to, I I can't imagine feeling that kind of stress on, you know, on your shoulders to, to try to be able to rescue people. So, but hopefully we'll get some, some good news coming out of people being rescued. Indeed. So, all right, story number two. So this morning, MailChimp, it's one of the biggest uh, email marketing platforms. Uh, they sent an email to the Babylon Bee CEO, Seth Dillon, uh, telling the faith-based satire website that it had suspended its account over a supposed quote-unquote violation of MailChimp's terms of service, but the company didn't really offer any more information. Seth Dillon tweeted a, a screenshot of the email, uh, and that's Pretty much all it said, what I just told you, it said there's been a violation, but it didn't give any sort of information as to what the violation was. Uh, So the suspension, though, comes several months after Mailchimp announced a policy change in the fall of last year. Uh, The company said then that it would use its, quote, sole discretion to determine whether messages are misleading and should be censored. So that is clients' messages, people are using it to send newsletters and, and whatever. Uh, the, the company Mailchimp decided that they can look through the content of any newsletter sent and decide if they deem that message, uh, the, the content and the messages to be misleading and can remove them. Uh, so they said at the time, MailChimp does not allow the distribution of content that is, in our sole discretion, materially false, inaccurate, or misleading in a way that could deceive or confuse Gosh. others about important events, topics, or circumstances. So it's a pretty, like, nebulous statement, right? That could, anything that is misleading or inaccurate in our minds or simply just confuses people yeah so i mean could anything could fall under that umbrella
0: Right, and let's just uh remind the audience here the babylon b is a satire site can right. you imagine yeah. being a male um you know service where you send mass emails to mass lists and uh, you have a satire site and you're saying oh geez this might mislead it's just it's honestly yeah. mind-numbing
1: <laughs> right Right, I mean the the any satire site like the Onion or the Bee, whatever they've been kind of obviously. I don't think this would ever happen to the Onion, um, <laughs> of but course. They, they've been like backed into a corner, right? You painted into a corner because technically all of their content could confuse <laughs> <Yes>. somebody.
0: <laughs> well, I guess satire is banned. You know what? Might mislead someone. So yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> hey, so jeez. Uh, Mailchimp, which is based in Atlanta, they said that it would enforce its new rules by quote, issuing a warning to, or suspending, or just terminating an account. And the latter seems to be exactly what they've done with the Babylon Bee. Uh, So what's the left saying? Well, those on the left haven't really waited on this suspension specifically since it's brand new. It just happened this morning. Uh, But progressives have not really been a fan of the Babylon Bee for quite some time. And (laughs) big tech and social platforms certainly have not been a fan either. Uh, We've written about this several times at Faithwire. Last summer, Twitter briefly suspended uh, the Babylon Bee's account, accusing the satire site of violating its rules against platform manipulation. Uh, Seth told me at the time that the decision by Twitter came as a bit of a shock, uh, he said, because Twitter didn't give them, like similar to MailChimp, didn't give them any information as to what was a violation, uh, but then they ended up reinstating the account and claiming that it was a mistake. Uh, and then Facebook also demonetized uh, the Babylon Beast page in October uh, because of a satirical post about Senator Mazie Hirono's line of questioning towards Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Facebook said at the time that that put in post incited violence, but then didn't give any more information about how specifically it incited violence. Uh, so as far as what the right is saying, well, conservatives have, have pretty much decried any kind of censorship and have particularly uh, been been critical of, of social media platforms censoring the Babylon Bee because it's happened so much. Yeah. Uh, so why does it matter? Well, it seems like we're coming to a point where conservatives, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Dan, and more importantly, Christians, I think have to create our own spaces Mm. for content and connecting. And it's not because we don't want to be part of mainstream society. I think it's because Christians, they really want to be part of society. We want to be like scripture says in the world, but not of the world, but we're living in a culture that's increasingly hostile toward anyone who holds biblical, uh, certainly biblical, but even conservative views. Uh, on on a on a whole host of issues. So it's like the the squeeze is just getting tighter and tighter. Where it's getting to a point where the, you know Christians are not even really welcome in a lot of these mainstream spaces. So it's not that we don't want to participate. It's that we're being kind of censored or blocked from from participating. Yeah. And I think it's just going to lead to more and more people getting in their silos which i don't like i mean i thought i don't think that's helpful but it seems like like the secular push in society particularly from the left that seems to be the direction that we're being pushed into yeah and and
0: you notice that uh the the way they're doing it is through these vague means and so it's uh it's tough because you know what do you do when 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 they won't tell you what it is that you you're getting suspended over it just seems like a very easy and convenient way for people who to suppress speech they don't like, um, yeah. and and uh, of course companies are free to do, you know what they want to do to a certain extent, but it just doesn't seem like it should be right to be able to throw someone off your platform uh, without really telling them like what they did. Right. You know what I mean? Like I mean, if you yeah. don't want to have. You know, because what are they going to do when they just decide in their terms of service that you can't, you know, for example, say marriage is between a man and a woman, right? Like mm-hmm. that, they'll consider that hate speech and they'll throw you off. Uh, but then they're not telling you. Um, so but it does seem it just seems very interesting um, that any time a conservative or Christian outlet or person sort of rises to prominence, all of the progressive guns get turned towards them. Uh, I, you know, of course, you know, as part of uh, Trey, both you and I worked at the blaze and, you know, a long time I worked with Glenn Beck and, you know, when we were on Fox news and it was like, as soon as you get on Fox, they all turn and you start getting some ratings. They all Mm. turn the guns on you, right? They're like, Oh, well you're in the spotlight now. So you got all these people just writing hit piece after hit piece, doing all these things. Uh, and then, you know, then you go do something else and they don't care anymore. And then, Tucker Carlson's on Fox News now. And so, well, well we're all going to be mad at the things Tucker Carlson says, even though he was out there saying things before that. Now we're going to, so it just seems very transparent to me. What's going yeah. on here. You know, the minute they think someone's effective uh, and the Babylon B certainly effective. They have a, they've reached a wide audience and they have biting commentary through satire. And, um, and, you know, the ones that are often the butt of that, you know, commentary don't like it. And so, they go after them, but they're, but they're doing it with these sort of, uh, you know, I don't know. just not upfront means I would say it's yeah. sort of these backdoor tricks to get people taken off.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, not that this, not that the Babylon be losing its account with MailChimp is the most pressing or important issue of no, the day. No. Uh, but
0: it's another in a long line.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's another example is what, that's what I was going to say. It's just, it's, um, because I've said this for a while, is I don't think that when people say, well, you know, Christians aren't facing any sort of persecution or they're not facing any sort of real, like, uh, dangerous or serious discrimination in the United States because people are looking and they're not seeing any overt examples of, like, the, the Biden administration or any, you know, whoever's right. in power uh, limiting people's access to, to, you know, jailing them for going to church or, you know, whatever. I said, well, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think it would be more covert stuff like this. It's just this really vague, and nebulous language that can be kind of moved around and and fitted to, to whatever the situation is. So I think that's going to be how how we end up with more and more Christian censorship or religious censorship in the United States is these big corporations who have so much outsized power, just kind of making the, The pathway of what's acceptable narrower and narrower Mm -hmm. and narrower uh, until it's just one one secular mainstream view and everything else is kind of outside and kind of (laughs) off limits. I think that's how we'll see more, you know, discrimination against a biblical worldview, not necessarily these overt, like obvious instances of discrimination. I mean, it could get to that eventually. We pray we pray not. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be more of this kind of just a super frustrating uh stuff of pushing uh biblical views more and more to the fringe yeah and acting like they're fringe like yeah. these issues are these these views are not really like fringe views it's the christian uh, mainstream christian doctrine that's been in place for thousands of years yeah and then again issues like sexuality and totally and, and justice and to- all that
0: totally and again then the 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 sort of insidious thing about it is the fact that you can say well they violated our hate speech policy it's like well i don't want to be violating hate speech So I'm the bad one here. I was doing hate speech. Wait wait a minute. So it's uh, the 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 way they're setting it up is uh, certainly uh, something to keep an eye on because you know if if you don't do anything about it, uh, you know now and sort of call it out, then it's going to be too late and you're just going to be in the silo of you're going to be in the bucket of hate speech anytime you say something that's a biblical value, as you mentioned there, and it's it's not going to end well. So all right, let's uh, let's uh, head into story number three. And the U.S. Army has backed down uh, and announced they would not be pursuing the case against Chaplin, chaplain who was facing potential punishment after he went to social media, his own social media account, and criticized a possible end to Trump's ban on openly transgendered uh, individuals serving in the military. So the First Liberty Institute is representing Chaplain Major Andrew Calvert. And they said a potentially career-ending formal reprimand against the chaplain will not be sought. Uh, He'd recently contested the reprimand he received after his Facebook post, in which he kind of criticized Biden's intention of dropping the Trump ban on uh, trans-identified troops. And uh, an anonymous person then sent those screenshots of those comments. He was just commenting on an article in the news on his personal page. That got sent to his higher-ups, and then he received... Uh, the reprimand and so uh, an investigator determined that the chaplain had violated a defense department directive and then they suspended him from his duties but according to first liberty calvert will have his record cleared and again has the possibility for future promotions and assignment they said we're very happy for chaplain calvert and we recommend and we commend the army for making the right decision That's First Liberty General Counsel Mike Barry in a statement. He said no service member should ever be punished because of their religious uh, beliefs. So back in January on the 25th, Calvert had he uh, commented on an article expressed that support for the Trump ban asking how, quote, rejecting reality is, quote, not evidence that a person is mentally unfit and as a result, quote, unqualified to serve. Uh, Then those comments were taken as screenshots and then sent to his superiors. So then in May, Calvert filed an appeal to the reprimand and uh, got support from multiple entities, including uh, First Liberty and the Chaplain Alliance for Religious Liberty. So obviously, uh, this story matters, you know, left and right issue. I would say, you know, I think we've kind of covered this sort of uh, dichotomy here, Trey, the the dynamic of the left sort of. Wanting to squelch down on speech, similar to the last story we talked about, where the right sort of wants to let you have your opinions out there. Um, and so, why does it matter? It matters because, you know, people are policing what we can and can't say. And as Christians, you know, while we don't need anything to accomplish God's will, we don't, we actually don't even need free speech. You know, God will get his purpose and his will for us here on earth done, regardless. But I think I speak for many when I say that I'd rather not have the alternative and be persecuted for all the things I say and believe. Uh, you know, Language police was a fun bit in Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes and Sandra Bullock, but I don't really want to see it in real life. Unless I get to meet Sandra Bullock, then I might risk it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I don't want that. I don't want any language police... Um, I love quoting this movie because this uh, it's a bizarre movie that I like. It's one of those random ones. It's probably not that good, but I just like it. Uh, but there's that great Sylvester Stallone's in it too. But there's that floating technology. It's just they're always around listening. And anytime you swear, you get fined for, for swearing. So I feel like we're moving in that direction. You've got Alexa. You've got all this stuff that can monitor you. Uh, I really don't want our views and our opinions, you know, getting the uh, fines sent our way digitally in email like, oh, we overheard you, by the way, on your Alexa, <laughs> criticizing the transgender community. And so you've been fined for credits. like, no, I, I don't want that. No, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as demolition, man, it has a good cast, so it can't be but so bad. You know? <laughs> Sandra. Have, you watched, Have you watched it? Have you watched it? I've never actually seen the full movie. I've seen like clips of it here and there on TV, but I've never, I've never actually seen it. You got to watch movie. it.
0: Let me know. Let me know if I'm off base here. It's one of my favorites.
1: Um, But yeah. And I think this is kind of like a more serious um, situation than like the Babylon B thing, but it's the same principle, right? It's yeah. the exact same thing just happening uh, in a, you know, more serious and more direct situation. So I think this is the stuff that's like, we could, if, if you're, we might have a propensity to dismiss the stuff that's happening with Babylon B. It's like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, is that that same line of thinking is what leads to this stuff happening. Um, so I, you know, it's important that we kind of, like you said about the last story is don't get comfortable with it and just kind of accept it. Uh, but when things are labeled as hate speech, you know, whatever, and, we, and it's it's clearly not that. It's not hateful to say you have a different view on something based on your theological beliefs. Like right. That doesn't make it innately hateful. Um, so we need to be calling that stuff out because that's the only – we don't want to get desensitized to it, right? We want to yeah. keep calling it out and keep drawing attention to it and uh, take legal action where it's necessary and and all that kind of stuff not because we want to be divisive but because we need to protect yeah. the, you know the the freedoms that we you know we have in the constitution Absolutely. and we want we want to protect that stuff because that's that's a tool for spreading the yeah. gospel uh, like you said god is going to grow his church regardless of, what, of our political positions and regardless of whether we have free speech or not um, but while we do have it it is a good tool for spreading the gospel so we as christians should want to preserve it Absolutely. for everybody
0: yeah 100% so,
1: All right. Story number four. Uh, So Franklin Graham uh, is applauding Meghan McCain after she said on The View this week that President Biden's support for abortion is doing grave spiritual harm to himself and to the country. She said Biden, who's Catholic, is walking a fine line in trying to support abortion politically while also claiming to to be opposed to it personally uh, mccain pointed out how illogical it is for biden to say he is personally opposed to abortion for moral reasons but is okay with other people freely choosing abortion for themselves she said at the time it's like saying i'm personally opposed to murder but if you want to murder a little bit it's fine and it's not my problem Uh, so she said he's just going to have to ultimately talk to his creator when the time comes as we all do and reconcile his politics with his personal faith that so that segment didn't seem to go over well with any of her other co-hosts on the View, and she even said that she said at the beginning, "I know that I am standing uh, entirely alone uh, in in this with my with my other co-hosts on the uh, on the View." So what's the left saying? Well, those on the left were, of course, including her co hosts Like I said, were quick to condemn Megan for her comments and did not at all agree. They you know kind of touted the right to choose and you know abortion is a woman's reproductive healthcare rights, and you don't want to take any of that away. Uh, So what's the right saying? Well, like I said earlier, Franklin Graham has now weighed in. He said uh, that I have disagreed with Megan on a number of political issues, but I think she's absolutely right on this issue. He went on to say, I appreciate that Megan isn't afraid to state the truth and that she's willing to defend life, even if it isn't politically correct to some. Uh, He said, also he prays biden will reconsider his position on abortion which has become increasingly more leftist over the years like for example the hyde amendment biden was for a very long time supported the hyde amendment Uh, but then all of a sudden he's changed in 2019 he changed his position and now he supports repealing the hyde amendment uh, and wants to expand access to abortion more and more Um, so his positions have certainly grown more progressive so why does it matter i think for christians this issue is always going to matter. It's not going to go away. It's something that, that we need to care about. We believe life begins at conception. We know what scripture says about how God sees human beings as created in his image, uh, you know, with innate value. There's you know so many scriptures talking about that, how we were knitted together in our mother's wombs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's important for people to use whatever platform they have to advocate for the unborn. And that's mm. what Megan McCain is doing. And that's why Franklin Graham is, is praising her for it, because it is a unfortunately yeah uh, to say it's a brave stance to take uh in 2021 um but you know i'm i'm glad she's taking it and i'm glad she's calling abortion what it is which is you know murder because so often i think the left tries to to remove even the word abortion mm-hmm. from all of their mm-hmm. conversation about this because if if they bring the science and they bring the facts into the debate they know they lose the argument yeah uh, so they try to make it you know really vague with their language so i was glad that megan was Yeah, willing step in and just you know call a spade a spade because I think that's how we need to have the conversation.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. Uh, I I had the same thought about her calling it murder and then bringing up that argument. That's like that position is so flawed to say. Well, I'm I'm personally against it, but because of what it is, when you actually say what it is, that that position becomes patently absurd on its face. You know, it's, it makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Like, I'm cool with a little bit of murder, just like she said. So I was glad she did put it that way because uh, it really hammered home the point. And you're right. These language games, I think we're seeing the same thing as sort of the theme in this podcast today with the terms of yeah. service and community standards. Uh, this seems to be a progressive game. These, this word language um, sort of chicanery where they <laughs> set things up so that um, you know, pro-choice was sort of the first one on that. It's like, well, we want to be in favor of ending these unborn lives well, We can't say abortion. Let's just call it pro-choice. And everyone's like, yeah, I want my choice. And it's yeah. bizarre how that actually has taken and how it's yeah. stuck and how people have just clung so strongly to the word choice. It's really something else. And, uh, one of the great mysteries, I don't know that we'll ever know on this side of heaven as to why that one happened. But, um, and why people why people are sort of tricked on it, but but I, I agree. I'm glad she said and called it what it is because the more you point that out, the more absurd uh, supporting yeah. abortion actually becomes. And hopefully, more people will see that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, you know, any any time anybody uses their platform, and I think that's the another thing. You know. Everybody has a platform, right? Yeah. It's not just not just famous people. Uh, but your platform is just whoever is in your sphere of influence. Everybody's got friends and family. And it's not about, like, debating and being really, like, out, out trying to incite some sort of argument. But have these conversations with your loved ones. Because a lot of times, I think, particularly if all, all we do is consume media and we read mainstream news and all that kind of stuff, there's a good chance that some people you're talking to or some people in your family or friend group have not even thought about it that way. Yeah. Like it hasn't even occurred to them uh, that that is a human life and you are taking a human life. Um, So, you know, have these conversations with people because you might be surprised sometimes when you end up talking to somebody that even if they don't necessarily 100% end up agreeing with you, they're, they're kind of. It, it it makes them it makes question them what yeah. they think. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe they'll end up exploring it for themselves because yeah. I honestly think so many people, particularly younger generations, I'm a millennial and then people even younger than me for sure, have just never even been presented with the idea that abortion is a moral right. is morally wrong. So it's right. like if you actually, you know, have that conversation with them, you might be surprised to see uh, you know, as long as they're a logical, level headed, fair person, you might be surprised to see how open they are to yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, if they're not, you can always just dust your sandals and move on, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. But, um, all right, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, as always, appreciate you being here and checking out the 4 and 3 podcast. You can follow us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And as always, head on over to cbnnews.com and com for more news from a Christian perspective. We'll be back here tomorrow, and we will
1: see you then. God bless.